Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community. The goal for our show is to inform, inspire, and impact our audience by sharing how great people and great organizations are making a big impact in our community with the hope that our listeners will want to do the same. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations at Ellen Becker Investment Group. When I say the word family or childhood, what thoughts or memories come to your mind? Are they happy, wonderful memories, or are they not so happy? If you've had wonderful, happy memories of your childhood and family life, you're actually in the minority. According to Barbara Dautrich, Doctor of Psychology and Education, most happy memories do not imprint sharply on the minds of children because those experiences are benign, non-threatening, and generally frequent and routine. Feeling safe, satisfied, cared for, happy and carefree should be every child's birthright. However, sadly, if you've had a miserable, troubled childhood, then painful memories can, can be imprinted in the mind, and they can be traumatic. People who have fond memories of childhood, specifically their relationships with their parents, tend to have better health, less depression, and fewer chronic illnesses as older adults, according to research published by the American Psychological Association. What then of people who don't have fond memories of their childhood? Is there anything we can do to turn that around? To do something that can give a child that satisfied, cared for, and carefree life that they so deserve. My first guest today is Janine Fields from the Kenosha Human Development Services. Welcome to the show today, Janine. Thank you, Jill. You're welcome. So Kenosha Human Development Services, or KHDS, has gone through a few name changes over the years based on the various services that you provide and the people that you provide them to. So can you give us a little history on that transition? Well, thank you, Jill. Yeah, KIDS has been around for going on 50 years in 2024. We started in 1974 as Kenosha Area Group Homes with two group homes and a children's shelter. What we discovered right away is that we also needed some uh, additional services for children, and so we started crisis intervention for mental health services, and then we started working with our Department of Children and Family Services to do child abuse and neglect investigations and other types of work, and so we became Kenosha Youth Development Services. And then in 1982, we took on a number of adult programming, um, like crisis intervention, again, mental health. We did a lot of case management for folks who needed stabilization services. And so then we became Kenosha Human Development Services. And as we turn 50 this year, we're working right now on a stakeholder study to change our name once again for okay. our 50th anniversary. All right. So you'll have to stay tuned to find out what that name is going to be. But I'm sure it's all inclusive of, you know, all the different wonderful things that you that you do. Um, I started out our interview today with some information about how important it is to give a child the best childhood experience possible. Now, 
we all know that not every child has biological parents who are available or responsible or accountable for their child, but that doesn't mean that someone else can't be, right? Tell us about the different types of foster care. Foster care encompasses a number of different things. Kinship care is one where we can find a family member who we can train and license to work with children. Um, There's also regular foster care, and those are kids who just for one reason or another can't be home, and they can be in regular foster care, and each county has their own way of developing their foster care system. And those kids can be in foster care for a couple of hours till we find mom and dad, or they could be there for years until they're finally adopted. And then there's also a higher level of care called treatment foster care, and that's what KHDS does. We, We have specialized foster care. That's a treatment foster care program that works with kids who have the most difficult behaviors, um, mostly because of trauma, as you talked about. And we train our foster parents to make sure that they have all the tools they need to help work with those kids. Hmm, Wonderful. Well, who are the kids then who need to be placed in foster care? Oftentimes, kids... The kids that we see are kids where mom and dad just aren't available. We see single-family homes where something's just gone wrong. Um, The opioid crisis has really increased the need for foster care pretty dramatically all over Wisconsin, but particularly in Kenosha County. And these are kids who um, parents, they're either, they have um, perhaps being incarcerated have some medical issues going on, have abuse and neglect issues in the family, and the children need to be safe. There's a variety of reasons why kids come into foster care, but it's it's never a good story when mm-hmm. a kid's coming into foster care. But luckily, we're able to work with kids in a way where there's generally always a good ending. I was just going to say, you provide that happy, uh, good ending to the story that may not start out all that great, but yeah, you... you bring it when you need to, right? Yes. Uh, well, what makes KHDS specialized foster care different then? I think mostly is because we have a model of care that we train our foster foster parents in called the teaching family model. We provide a lot of training and a lot of one-on-one support and services to all of our foster parents. So we give our foster parents tools to deal with all of the issues that come up when kids are not behaving well, when kids don't have the skill development that they need. All kids come to us with skills, but not just always the skills that they have to be successful. And so our job as foster parents and as foster parent trainers is to give our foster parents the tools they need to help kids be more pro-social so that they can do better in school, do better when they grow up, do better with their families when they do go home or when they become an adoptive child. Okay. Well, so... We know that they exist. What would you say are some common myths then about foster care or becoming a foster parent? One, you don't have to be married. Single people become foster parents. Um, Two, that you don't have to have a stay-at-home job, that both parents or either parent can work. Um, You can be of any age. You only have to be 18 in the state of Wisconsin. Really? That's right. Um, We have foster parents who are in their young 20s and also in their late 60s that second act of life. So you can be a foster sibling yep. or a foster grandparent. That's right. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Um, you also don't need to own your own home. Um, we license parents who are in their uh, in apartments as long as they're large enough and, and they meet licensing requirements. Um, and lastly, that um, you don't actually have to be a parent right now to be a foster parent. We give you the training that you need 
to figure out how to do the things we're going to ask you to do. That's that's wonderful because I know some people who would love to be parents. Mm -hmm. And uh, some options just aren't available to them. And so to think about foster care as being a possible option is is great. Mm -hmm. Um, What happens to the kids then once they age out of foster care? Well, that's always been difficult because... It had always been that once you've turned 18, you're done. And literally on your 18th birthday, no one will no longer pay for your care. And now the state of Wisconsin has really stepped up and is now working with regions to ensure that kids have supportive services from 18 to 21. Because most people are not ready to be adults until they're at least statistically 26. Yeah. And so... (laughs) Has that changed over the years? Because I don't know. (laughs) 30 seems more like to me nowadays. (laughs) But but with with this new enhanced, and and KIDS is a provider for Kenosha, Walworth, and Racine County for aftercare services. So any child who has aged out of care can call uh, us and receive supportive services that could be just how do how do I turn on my power I'm getting evicted I need to figure out how to find a job all of those things we can help with if you've ever if you aged out of foster care just give us a call and we'll figure out how to help you Mm, that's fantastic Um, well it's pretty obvious that what we need are more foster care parents and homes right correct yep absolutely what we know is connections matter and if you can't be with your family our hope is that you're with somebody who cares about your future. And that's part of what we really teach our, our foster parents is it's about the connection. You may only have them a few months, but kids remember what you have to say and how you treat them when they're with you. We have a lot of foster parents who adopt kids, and we have a lot of foster parents who don't really want to do this forever. And we have some foster parents who just do respite care for other foster parents. So there's lots of different ways to help. If you want to get involved, there's lots of ways to be helpful, even just to other foster parents, if you'd Hmm, like. Interesting. Okay. Well, okay, so the need for foster care homes is great, as Janine just explained. And there seems to be a trickle-down effect in other areas as well. Not having enough homes for children is also putting a strain on the mental health system for children and adults. So stay tuned because when we return, we're going to talk more about that in our next segment. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Janine Fields from the Kenosha Human Development Services, or KHDS. So not having enough foster care parents and homes is putting a strain on the mental health system. Talk to us about that and then what KHDS provides the community to help with that problem. Well, what we know is that when kids don't get good care when they're young. They grow up to have problems as adults. And there have been a lot of things happening in our society lately, COVID being number one, that has really put a strain on the mental health system and the mental health of people in general. And so being able to access services is really important. And Kids Incorporated, what we do is we provide a couple of services. One, we we provide the Resource Center for Kenosha County. So if you don't know where to start and you know you need help, you can call and just say, I need to talk to the Resource Center. We'll walk you through what you might be looking for because you don't always know what you need until you call. Mm-hmm. 
and our resource center workers will walk you through what your needs might be. And so we'll either refer you on to therapists or a psychiatrist or other long-term care programming. We also have a hotline for Kenosha County. And so if you are in an actual mental health crisis, we're talking about suicidality or if you have a severe and persistent mental illness and need help, you can call our crisis line 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you will always get a live person answering the phone. And if you need someone to come visit you that, that moment, we will get in our car and come see you. Oh, very nice. And so we run both a hotline and a mobile response program. So anytime anyone needs help in Kenosha County, and every county in Wisconsin has a system just like this, but Kenosha Human Development Services provides this for Kenosha County, where if you need help, you call the hotline. We can either walk through what your issues are on the phone, or we can send somebody out to you, have them meet you at your home. We'll meet you in a park. We'll meet you wherever you want to be. We often meet people in the hospitals as well, in the emergency room. And then we just walk through what might be happening and, and what we can do to assist. Mm-hmm. So some people might be wondering, are these services free? Absolutely free. Okay. Absolutely free to anyone. There may be times where we bill insurance, but you are not affected by that billing. Okay. Um, when someone calls for help on one of those uh, helplines, who are they talking with? We have trained personnel who go through extensive training on crisis intervention and mental health care. Um, we, we are closely supervised by masters of social work folks, and so our we, we always have somebody who's trained and ready to take your call anytime. Okay. So walk us through what a typical call is like. <laughs> Oftentimes, some, it might be somebody who's got a, a real issue with grief. They lost someone in their lives, and they just don't know what to do. And the first thing we do is we really normalize that feeling for people. And they're not alone. All people struggle with these things. And so they might be feeling some, some suicidal thoughts or behaviors. And again, that's very normal for when you've lost someone. And just normalizing that for people often settles down the crisis. And then we just talk through what might be your next step? Who are your natural supports? What can we do to help you get to that next place where you're okay? And if they want to call back in an hour, they can do that. If they want us to check back in with them in a couple of hours, we'll do that. Whatever they need to get, them, get themselves through whatever's going to happen next. And then you, depending on the situation, connect them with the service that serves them the best. Correct. We, right, might, right. we might help them find a therapist. We might help them find a support group. We might help them say it's time to go to the emergency room because you you are in some danger. And so that we'll, we'll get you to the emergency room, we'll do an assessment there, and then we'll figure out if hospitalization might be the appropriate thing for you. Or if you need to come to our care center, which is a 16-bed facility for stabilization where you just need extra support. And I have trained people who work in that facility as well. And you can stay there for a couple of days while you're working through your crisis. Very nice, very nice. Um, well, if someone listening thinks that foster care is something that they'd like to pursue. Um, what would you want to say to them at this point? I think what I'd like to say is there's lots of ways to help, that, that there are so many different ways that people can get involved with foster care. If you're at all thinking about helping children in any way, make that call. Call us, um, KHDS, Specialized Foster Care. Call your county workers. 
call to help children have better lives, make those connections with kids. But what we also know is there are other ways. We provide respite to foster parents as well because foster parents deserve a break as well as everybody else does. And so if you need, if you need to give back a little bit but you're not sure how, come to get trained and we'll help you figure out what's the best way you can help children in your community. Okay, so there's a lot of things available at KHDS. So if you're just not sure, like like Janine said, you know that you want to do something because we know everybody can do something, right? Right. Uh, maybe you have a heart for kids. Um, maybe you yourself were in foster care and you want to give back in some way. We do have a number of homes right now that were former foster parents, both through us or through other agencies. Okay, so whatever way you're thinking or you're not sure what you're thinking, um, reach out and talk with Janine or anybody uh, uh, at KHDS. So if someone is in need of your services or knows of someone who is, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you? If you're in crisis, we want you to call 262-657-7188. As I said, there was somebody answered that phone Every single day, seven seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Give that number one more time slowly. 262-657-7188. Okay. And if you're just in need of services and you just don't know where to start, you can call our main office. And that's also where you would call to find out about more foster care resources. And that's 262-764-8555. And you just ask for the resource center and we can help you find whatever resources you need. Okay, and didn't you say uh, when we were talking before the interview that there is a three-digit number that people can call? Correct. The federal government actually started last year a national number 988. So nine, if you call 988, it will connect you to your local or to your statewide suicide prevention hotline. So if you're somebody who's struggling and you, you just want to call anonymously, you just need somebody to talk to, if you call 988, you will reach a trained worker to help you talk through your, through your issues. If you need more help than that, they will help you get to your county resources. Mm, that is a invaluable resource. So uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say both of those phone numbers one more time. So if you're listening and you want to write this down, grab a pen and paper, we're going to give you those numbers again. So go ahead, Janine. For crisis intervention services, 24 hours a day, you can call area code 262-657-7188. And if you're looking for resources or you're interested in foster care, you can call 262 262- Seven six four eight five five five, and just ask for the resource center. Great. Or if you uh, need a, um, you're not sure what you need, and you're in a crisis mode, you can call nine eight eight. So that's great to know. Uh, thank you, Janine Fields from the Kenosha Human Development Services. Thank you for being here today and sharing all the great work that you're doing and how you're helping kids and families in the community. Thank you so much for having me, Jill. You are welcome. So we learned a bit about KHDS and how they provide support services in the area of specialized foster care, among other things. Uh, In addition to caring foster parents, 
children can thrive with good child enrichment programs and people that help them along the way. And we've heard examples of that uh, in when Janine was telling us about KHDS. So stay tuned because after the break, we're going to hear from another nonprofit that works with KHDS and offers some great services to children and their families that allows them to create possibilities and achieve dreams. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations. And my next guest today is Chris Weicker from the Kenosha Achievement Center, also known as KAC. Welcome to the show today, Chris. Thanks, Jill. I'm happy to be here. We are happy you're here to tell us all about all the great things you're doing in the community. Uh, Give us a brief overview of KAC's history and your mission focus. Absolutely. KAC has been in the community coming up here on 60 years, and not unlike a lot of other not-for-profits, we were started as a grassroots organization, started really by a group of parents who had children with disabilities that were aging out of high school, and in the 60s, they wondered what was going to be next for them. Um, And the KAC was really born out of the need um, post-graduation for individuals with intellectual and developmental delay um, to help them be successful, give them purpose, and be safe. And so a sheltered workshop was born. Fast forward 60-ish years, we have grown and expanded to include children's services, all kinds of adult employment services, and tons and tons of transportation services. Oh, very good. Well, then tell us what your relationship with KHDS is. Well, like many of the other not-for-profits, we connect. We oftentimes are sharing similar clientele. Um, We are sharing resources with each other. Uh, We really are trying to build a strong network. I think ultimately we all have our own mission in defining the population that we serve. But our end goal is really to make a strong community. And I think we share that really at the base of everything. Mm, Wonderful. Tell us about the children then. What are some of the children's programs that KAC offers? So we serve a lot of children in a number of different ways. And what I want to tell you first is that the thing that really ties all of our children's programming together is that we really value the parents and the caregivers. So most of our services are really focused on giving parents and caregivers the resources and training they need that will help their child be successful. One thing I really want to make the audience aware of when we talk about children's services, we really have a targeted age group, and this is that zero to five age group. So it is before children get to school where we're trying to help our families lay a strong foundation that leads to future success. We have three very different uh, programs that are all linked together. We have a birth to three program. That program provides in-home therapy services for children with developmental delay and disability. We have an early Head Start program, and that one is really focused on, it's an income eligibility program, um, home visiting program as well, helping parents know what's developmentally appropriate, but also working on family goals, like I said before, to get that family foundation strong and in place. 
And then one of my favorite programs is our Sprouts program. And now those are community-based playgroups. Anybody with children under the age of five can participate in those. There's no eligibility criteria. Nice. Very nice. Well, then how do the families access the services? So there's a lot of ways to come in, but at this moment, I think our biggest referral is really word of mouth. And so parents are in the programs. They're really loving what they get. They're telling their neighbors. They're seeing home visitors around and saying, hey, what are you doing? What's going on? Who was blowing bubbles with you out in the, what are you doing? Um, So a lot of it is word of mouth in our community. For kids that are getting therapy services, the overwhelming majority of those referrals come from the doctor's office. So you go to a pediatrician, you maybe you voice a concern, and the referral comes back in. But Jill, I want to tell you, anybody can call and make a referral. All of the programs are voluntary, so we would then reach out to whomever was referred, talk to them about what programs are available, and if they choose to enroll, that's great, and if they choose not to, we hope we could help them in another way. Awesome. And the cost is? For uh, 95% (laughs) of our families, the services are free. Therapy service, we do access um, insurance. If families give us uh, access to their insurance, we will bill insurance for those therapy services, OT, PT, and speech. Um, And the state does have a small cost share system set up for therapy services as well. So but 95% of people don't pay at all. Okay. Well, how many kids do you, would you say that you serve each year? All right. Hold on to your seat. Because um, <laughs> remember, on. we're only talking about kids under the age of five. Do we need a drum roll? Drum roll <laughs> is 650 infants and toddlers come through our program every year. Wow. Okay. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. I'm sure you have some great stories to tell. Give us an idea of of your impact. Okay. We've had, there's lots of success. There's daily success um, in every program. In that Birth to Three program, providing therapy services, we always tell, tell the families, you know, we can't be held responsible if that child that came to us not speaking. Start speaking and never stops. So we have, we have these daily successes <laughs> where children came to us with no words, and after working with the families, we now have chatterboxes and those typical, why, 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 mm. mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy. <laughs> um, and I think if you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> but that's music to, to a parent's ears if that child has not been speaking. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's a source of a lot of frustration for our little toddlers and for our parents if there are no words in the home. Um, So speech and language tends to affect, I'd say, at least 90% of the children that are enrolled in our Birth to Three program are getting some kind of speech and language service. Um, So I'd say those are kind of small victories. We can get those things up to par and running great before kindergarten. Mm, I would then say we, big victories. Right. We do, And those are big victories, but yeah. we have some really great Ooh, big more, victories. Okay. Please share. Um, so we had, this, we had a little girl. The family was referred to us from Children's Hospital a number of years ago, um, and the family was really struggling. Um, it was a little girl born with a unique situation where she only had half of her brain develop. And she was really sent home um, with not a very good prognosis of even living, of surviving. Um, we went in. Our therapists do more than just OT, PT, and speech. They develop relationships with the family. And they said, look, we're going to make this as good as we can. 
for as long as we can. And I'm here to tell you that doctors are great, but they're not always right. This little girl was amazing, and your brain is an amazing thing. The right interventions and the right therapies. This little girl now is in second grade. Oh. She wasn't expected to ever live long enough to go to school. Walking, talking, she is an amazing little individual. Mm, that is a great Big, impactful story. That's a big one. Uh, the other things that sort of really warm my heart, Sprouts, is a is really a very needed program. It's free. Anybody comes. Now, I'm going to tell your audience a secret about Sprouts because everyone comes because it's a play group, and it's wonderful. Children of different ages, children of different abilities come, and we do developmentally appropriate things, I would say, much like a preschool kind of a classroom. They do some arts and crafts, sing some songs, read a book, have some gross motor play. But what it's really intended for is for the adults that mm -hmm. stay in the playgroup <laughs> to talk to each other. <laughs> Swap it, stories and right. yeah, what works, it's, what doesn't work. Exactly. Did your child ever eat a crayon? Uh, <laughs> or stick a pee up their nose? Right. It's things that I think were common a long time ago, those over-the-fence conversations that just don't seem to be occurring um, much anymore. Sprouts was really started for to connect parents to each other. My most recent, I'd say, big win from Sprouts is we had an applicant um, for a position to run a Sprouts group, and she came to us having been a Sprouts mom, and she said, this was so impactful for me just to connect with other moms. And her kids are now in middle school. Um, she's still in connection. She's still connected to her original Sprouts group of moms. Mm. Um, and now she said, I have to, I, I feel compelled to do this for other people. Um, so it's really great to see someone you provided services for. Yes. Believe in it so much that they want to come and provide that service for others. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I hear that there's something big happening around services for children. Can you tell us about that? I absolutely can. Um, and it's really, it's something that KAC is doing in partnership with our community, and it's called Help Me Grow. And what this does is it really powers the network of services that's available in our community. So we're only one program for children. There's lots of other programs and resources for families. But Help Me Grow is a one-stop shop. You can call if you need something. It's not a deficit-based program. Maybe you're just bored and you're like, what can I do in Kenosha with my kids this weekend? Call Help Me Grow. They will let you know. The other big part of this is this. Did you plan to do that? Did I help Help me grow. If you don't know, call Help Me Grow. I did not plan That's that. Tagline for you. Okay, go. Sorry, go ahead. No problem. <laughs> the other part um, of Help Me Grow is uh, the ability to do developmental monitoring, and we want to put that in the hands of families. We want them to understand how important it is that they get their kids off to a great start before they hit that front door of school, and they can um, use a QR code that we've got all over Kenosha and get online, do a developmental screening, make sure everything is on track. Someone will follow up with them, let them know how they scored, if there's any areas that they should be watching, any issues of concern, and give them information about what's coming next. If you don't, you might not know what kind of activities should you start doing with your toddler. Help Me Grow is there to help 
tell you what those things are so you can ensure your child's future is off to a great start. Mm, mm, again, wonderful, wonderful uh, program. So just to, to reiterate here, so KAC works with kids birth to five, and then um, maybe you connect again with them before uh, or at, at the age of 14 or somewhere around the, the age of 14. Uh, but what about when they're adults? You know, you, what happens then? So I understand that KAC also offers adults with adults with special needs the opportunity to develop the skills necessary to be successful in achieving employment. So of the 2.1 million adults in the United States with intellectual developmental delays, only 19% of those adults are employed. So when we come back, we're going to hear what KAC is doing to help increase that number right here in southeastern Wisconsin. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations, and I'm talking in our last segment with Chris Weicker from the Kenosha Achievement Center, also known as KAC. So before the break, I mentioned that with just over 2 million adults in the United States with IDD, only about 19% are employed. The unemployment rate for people with IDD is double the rate of other disabilities. So before we go any further, Chris, help us to understand what IDD is exactly. So the easiest way to understand IDD, it is really just a problem with general mental ability in two kind of functional areas, your intellect and your adaptive functioning. So what are those, right? Your intellect is your learning, your ability to problem solve, reasoning, and then your adaptive functions are things like communication um, and independent living skills. Okay. Well, that gives us a baseline here, at least understanding what, what it is. Right. So it starts early. That's the other key part of IDD is early onset. This is not, you know, by virtue of you had an accident or some kind of an injury. This happens early in life and lasts a lifetime. Oh, okay. Okay. So how then is KAC addressing this low unemployment issue for this population? So Jill, you remember at the beginning of our segment, we talked about uh, how we got our beginning as KAC, that it was a place for um, post-graduation people with disabilities to go and have purpose and learn work skills. And we started as that old sheltered workshop. So a sheltered workshop is where people with intellectual and developmental delays came and they did peace rate work. So that was a model for a long time, for decades. And in there's both sides of this argument. It works for some. It doesn't work for others. Um, but, and, but that day is over. Um, really, workshops are a thing of the past. So what are we doing today as far as employment goes? Um, it's really all about people becoming part of the community. So it is community employment. It's helping figure out what you're good at and capitalizing on it, regardless of what your intellectual capacity is. So what are you good at? What do you want to do? What are your hopes and dreams? We have a team of folks that will help match you to a job and get you employed in the community, making 
minimum wage or better, um, which is fantastic. There are, however, some people who aren't ready to jump right from high school into community employment. They need a little bit of extra support, um, and so they may join us for some employment training. I love our employment training program. So it is um, really a six-month training program, and some folks graduate in six months. Some people do more than one session. Depends on the individual. But during that time, we're doing some um, infusion of soft skills because as employers, that's what we're all looking for. Mm -hmm. You can train people to do a lot of different things on a job, but the soft skills are really what keeps people there. So we do a lot of training on soft skills, and we do some assessing of what I would call those hard skills. Like, can you run a cash register? Can you measure? Can you weigh things? Can you count? Um, and we do that. Our employment training program is really focused around this Kenosha Awesome Cookies project that we have. So that is a real, it's a small little entrepreneurial company inside of a company um, where we package, we make cookie kits um, so people can, in their training, go from inventory, product ordering, put this product together, market it, use the website, sell it at different places. They get a wide range of um, experience to build their confidence, to really hone in on what they like to do and what skills they're good at. And that helps us then at graduation match them to a great community job. Wow, that sounds wonderful. That uh, that's really great. So if there, so you've got that, but certainly that's not going to employ everybody. You know what? What are some other kinds of jobs then are are people getting? So you're right. That is not a job to employ them. The Kenosha Awesome Cookie Project is training. Training. It's part Correct. of the training process. Okay. But once you graduate from training and you're looking for a job in the community. We've got people, you know, I think all of us understand that we've gone and we've seen beggars at the grocery store who have intellectual and developmental delay begging our groceries. Well, here's a surprise. Everyone with an intellectual developmental delay does not want to beg groceries. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We place people, we're really lucky in Kenosha. We have a lot of partners. Um, So yes, we do have grocery stores um, and we do place people who want to do those kinds of jobs. But we have um, corporate headquarters with Jockey and Snap-on and Haribo. Um, We've got a lot of different opportunities for people. Yes, I would say the service sector, we do a lot of placement in the service sector. But people now, um, autism is one of the diagnoses on the intellectual and developmental delay category. We are placing people in all kinds of technical and skilled jobs. Nice. they can run machines, they can put surgical trays together, they can do tons and tons of things, just like every other person. <laughs> right, right. I think that's the message, right, right yeah. there in a nutshell. Um, are there other support services provided that um, help people with IDD get and keep jobs? Absolutely. So we, when we talk about IDD, I think if, we, if it isn't clear to the audience yet, it is things like autism, it's um, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome. Those are all things people are kind of familiar with. Um, so folks who have those diagnoses oftentimes aren't working full time. Um, so what happens with the rest of the day? Casey offers a number of different kinds of programs. We have a really great program called Voyage, and Voyage is an independence and social 
um, program. So that program is appropriate for people who have jobs um, and are looking to increase their independent living skills. So we do that by going out. We spend 80% of our program time out in the community. We go to laundromats and learn how to do our laundry. We go to the library and we learn what services are available there. We go out to eat and we learn how to order food and just be in the community. One of my favorite parts of the Voyage program um, was the group of individuals who were participating. There were about six folks at this time. They decided that um, they needed a little stamina. Everybody, you know, health is important. So they researched all of our health facilities, our workout facilities in Kenosha. They decided on one of them. Um, we supported their membership. So they went every Wednesday, uh, worked out. They got to know the trainers. They got to know the people. Um, after the first six months of us supporting their membership, these folks are employed. They took over their own memberships. Mm -hmm. And because they're so comfortable, now they don't need to go with us anymore. Oh, nice. So it's nice. one of these things where um, we are almost, uh, our goal is to work ourselves out of a job. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and get people as independent as possible, or as independent as they want to be. Wow. That's, uh, again, that's such uh, a great offerings it kind of you got a lot of things going on over there in a number of ways that you're helping um, people to um, be self-sustaining and to just uh, really enjoy enjoy life you know they're like anybody else obviously uh, have some challenges like we all do and you teach them how to deal with their challenges and and how to uh, move forward um, how do people then enroll in the services. So again, let's say somebody's listening or they know of someone who they think could use your services. What's the best way for them to uh, to get enrolled? So for most adults, they're going to come through the services in one of two ways. They're going to be referred in through the Department of Vocational Rehab, and that is going to support folks that are coming in and going right into community employment. Or they may be coming through the long-term care system, which I think out there people will understand it as family care. Um, so those are two, two ways. We have lots of people who walk through our front door, not really knowing where else to go, um, and then we can help direct them to where they need to be to get the funding. Okay. <laughs> we are a not-for-profit, Jill. <laughs> yes, yes. I was going to say the that funding question, you know. Um, okay. And then... What's the best way for people to get information uh, or to reach the Kenosha Achievement Center? So if people are interested in information, I always direct you first to the website because the website will give you pretty much all of, all of the facts and information that you need. And our website is thekac.com. So it's important to get the the in there, thekac.com. <laughs> um, if people wanted to call us and talk with us, they can call us directly at 262 658 nine five zero zero okay and as far as social media platforms um can people just google kenosha achievement center and are they going to be brought to a facebook page or instagram or something so i think we're search engine optimized so if you Ooh, if you okay. put us what in there i think we're mean <laughs> that means we're going to pop up right to the top of the google oh, search okay um, and you will get connected to um our website or you may also get directed to our facebook page which is the same it is the kac okay very good wow 
Well, gosh, we learned so many great things today. I want to thank my guest, Janine Fields from the Kenosha Human Development Services and Chris Weicker from the Kenosha Achievement Center. I appreciate you both sharing all the great work that you do and how you're making a difference in our community. So thank you for being here today. Thanks for having us, Joe. Thank you for having us. You are welcome. If you would like further information about what we talked about today, you can reach out to the Kenosha Human Development Services or Kenosha Achievement Center directly. And we shared that information just a little bit ago. If you happen to know of a great organization doing great work that you think would be a great guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Tune in next Sunday morning at 10 to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making our community a great place to live, work, and play. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer, or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. I encourage you to visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows, or you can now listen on demand as well, which means Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. My call to action would be give some thought to how you can make a difference in some way for someone in our community. Maybe you're interested in the foster care idea or helping someone in some way with IDD. Maybe it's just sharing the information you heard today with someone who needs to hear it. Donating, volunteering, advocating, these are all great ways that you can help and offer support. We aren't called to do everything, but everyone can do something, right? Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Thanks for listening today and have a great day.